Welcome to the Teacher Business Society podcast. I'm Farah, a Diet Coke drinking, true crime junkie, and former teacher turned seven-figure teacher business owner. Are you stuck in the grind as a full-time entrepreneur or teaching by day and side hustling by night, wondering how to turn your entrepreneurial dreams into a reality? Whether you're brand new to this journey, trying to burst through that 100K ceiling, or you've built the business and now you need help working on your business instead of in your business, you're in the right place. I get it. Building your dream business can feel overwhelming. But listen, I've been where you are, and I'm here to make it all feel possible. Through personal stories, expertise, and interviews with successful teacher business owners, we'll tackle email marketing, social media strategies, content creation, and everything in between. I'm committed to helping you not just grow, but thrive so you can live the life you've been dreaming of. So grab your favorite notebook, perhaps even a Diet Coke, and pull up a chair. Let's get down to business, teacher style. Hey there, business besties. Welcome back to the Teacher Business Society podcast. And this week, I am so excited because I have one of my favorite humans on the planet. Let me just be real. She's my business bestie in real life. And she is going to be sharing so many gold nuggets when it comes to diversifying your business just in general, but also when it comes to courses versus memberships and specifically some tips and strategies and things to watch out for when you go into creating a membership. So if you've been thinking about adding a course, adding a membership to your business, listen, you are not going to want to miss anything she says. So I encourage you to grab a notebook. If you're driving, don't grab a notebook. Just listen, take it all in. You can come back and listen to it again and take as many notes as you can. The things that she shares are just they're gold. They really are gold. And I wish I had known them back when I first decided to diversify. Um, She wishes she had known them back when she first diversified. So again, you're not going to want to miss anything. It's a little longer episode than you're used to here at the TBS podcast, because when I'm just talking, I don't need to ramble on. I can get to the point and just say it. This was an amazing interview with Kristen from Easy Teaching Tools. Welcome, Kristen. Thank you so much for joining us here today on the TBS podcast. How are you? I'm good. Thanks for having me. Well, you and I have been friends for a while now. It's been a while. Yes, we have. It was an (laughs) unlikely, I I tell you this, I know I've told you this a couple of times, but it was an unlikely (laughs) friendship because we have such a huge age difference and we're also in such different parts of our lives. I'm a grandma. You have small children. (laughs) So that is... Um, yes, I do. But I could be a grandma, maybe. <laughs> you could be a grandma. My age. You're, with your age. A young um, grandma. <laughs> and I, I absolutely adore your two little ones. And uh, so I, I've gotten to, and your youngest and my granddaughter are the same age. They're a month apart. So as I've gotten to experience her growing up uh, and watch you mother your youngest and compare that and not really compare because we never compare, but just kind of in this, get to enjoy that part of it. Um, and we have a lot in common there, but we also became really good friends through business and unlikely, (laughs) unlikely, right? I tell people all the time, you need to have that business bestie. I definitely think that's you for me. Um, And we've been in some masterminds together and stuff. So it's been um, a really great several years and I get to see you in just like what two weeks so soon I'm so excited so 
we are doing a series on diversifying your business. And I really wanted to bring on teacher business owners who have diversified outside of just selling on Teachers Pay Teachers. Because as I stated in the last episode, that's usually where we got our start because that's like the easiest way. That was the thing that we all knew about. So that's typically what happens. You're making things for your own classroom. Somebody says, you should put that on TPT. And we do that. Um, but there comes a point where TPT is is not what it used to be. I mean, we've been uh-huh. on there for a while and it's not what yeah. it used to be. And so there comes a point where you need to start thinking about diversifying. And we're going to talk to you a little bit about that. But before we jump into that, can you kind of tell us a little bit about your background and your journey as a teacher business owner? Sure. It was um, kind of all by accident. I, years ago, way before I knew about TPT, this was maybe 2008 or nine. I was selling resources on my own website at Easy Teaching Tools, where I'd like burn the resource onto a CD. Didn't even know about like creating PDFs and things like that. And so I would, <laughs> I would print, I would run the resource through the copy machine, email it to myself, burn it onto a CD. I'd have like a stamp with my logo on it that I'd put on there, and then I'd mail it out to people. And a couple of friends are like, there's a much easier way to do this. And that's when I discovered TPT uh, years ago. And so I did that, loved it. It was a really great way to kind of reignite your passion in the classroom. And then just kind of by chance, this wasn't intentional. I didn't know about diversifying streams of income or, or anything like that. But I purchased a course by James Wedmore after being at happy hour with a couple of my friends. Had no idea what a course was, uh, but I, I had previously been to dinner with someone who was in his course back in like 2016. And I'm like, I'm, I'm going to do this. And it kind of just took off from there. It was not intentional. I had no idea what I was doing and it's kind of involved into what it is now. And now that is our main, you know, revenue stream. TPT is kind of an afterthought. That's not where we focus our attention. And it's, it's just kind of evolved since there. That's interesting that you said that TPT is kind of an afterthought now because I know a lot of clients that I coach, um, a lot of listeners who could never imagine, you know, the bulk of their revenue is coming from TPT. So they could never imagine something else matching what they're doing on TPT or outgrowing what they're doing on TPT. So yeah, I, I love that, that you, that you said that, that, that's really not your focus anymore. Like I said, this, this episode is part of a diversification series. So what are your thoughts around diversifying your business and adding multiple revenue streams? Because I shared in the last episode that what a lot of people think is, and what you hear a lot of people talking about is they're like, oh, I'm going to, I sell on TPT, so I'm going to diversify and I'm going to go sell on Etsy and I'm going to go, I'm going to sell on my own website. And I, website. Uh-huh. I, I reiterated in the last episode that that's not really diversification because you're that's like Coca-Cola saying we sell in Walmart, but we're also going to sell in Target. It's the same product. So what yeah. are your thoughts around that and figuring out, you know, and, and should you be adding different revenue streams to your business? There's, I have a lot of thoughts around it. I think, yes, absolutely. But I also want to caution anyone. It's really easy to go down different rabbit holes or get distracted with trying to do different things to bring in 
income in different ways. And I saw a podcast or listened to a podcast a couple months ago with Alex Hermosi where he's talking about, yeah, he's able to do all of that because he has that first successful business. And yeah. that's why he's able to dabble into other things. So yes, I think it supports him, especially for those of you listening in the TPT world and knowing you know all the different changes that have happened the last couple of years. But I just don't want you to get distracted either when you're looking at other options out there for yourself. I am so glad you said that because one of the one of the things that I'm I coach my clients on is that you want to diversify while still maintaining the core part of your business. Um, and it's okay if exactly. that eventually that diversification or that additional revenue stream outperforms the core part of your business. But if you are creating this additional revenue stream and the core part or whatever you started on your TPT store or whatever starts declining, then you've just shifted your revenue. You haven't really added to your revenue. So I think it's very important to make sure you still focus on the core um, to at least maintain it. You might not be growing and there are going to be dips, obviously. I mean, we know all know about Algorithm Gate last year and everybody having having to experience that. But that really is something that you need to pay attention to when you do decide to uh, diversify your, your revenue streams is making sure you're not just letting that other, what was your core die. Primarily because you're going to need that core to help you kind of like build the other side, you know, the other revenue streams as well. I don't know about letting it die, but you want to make sure that's working before you go build all these other bridges, because then you're going to get overwhelmed and then you're going to have all these half done bridges that aren't working uh -huh. so good. Yes, 100%. Right. You want to make sure you have it to completion. And like I said, it's okay if your new revenue stream becomes the core eventually. But if all you did was build something halfway and you haven't really milked it for all you can get for it, then you and you just start building another bridge. Now you're like stretched all over the place. And especially if it really is diversifying, totally. it's just taking the same products and putting it on another, you're still building the same bridge. You've just got a different checkout. Mm -hmm. <laughs> That's what I tell people. Um, <laughs> so is there anything you wish that you had known prior to diversifying your, your revenue streams? Like no better, do better, right? So I mean, there's so many lessons along the way with everything. You know what I wish looking back, and a lot of people have told me, you know, like when they first met me, you know, in the TPT space or things like that, like, I don't like you very much. And things like that, because I don't I know think why, because you're absolutely the back, sweetest person in the world. I don't know why people said that. I am. And I can also, you know, be, you know, in the, in the, in the back in the day, kind of a, a jerk. <laughs> and so I think I wish I got out of the TPT space and the TPT bubble a lot sooner, because I think you, it's so easy to get so caught up in you know, the cattiness of things or comparing or like all the things that aren't working and you end up in like this echo chamber. And so when I stepped out of the TPT space and started working with like high level coaches and in other areas, that's when I grew yeah. massively and you'll just continue to evolve. And so I just wish I did that sooner. But I mean, looking back, everyone has their own journey and it's the way it is for a reason. But yeah, anyone who's maybe feeling stuck or not sure where to go, I would look outside of the space you're currently in. I love that. And this is the first episode of the podcast where I have talked this much about TPT because 
I am very much, I'm like you, I stepped outside that bubble quite a few years ago and it was the best thing I ever did. And I don't, yeah. while a lot of my clients and our listeners, again, we they started on TPT. They come to me not mm-hmm. for TPT help. And don't get me wrong, I can help with that stuff. But a lot of them are coming to me because they're like, I'm tired of being in these Facebook groups and constantly hearing, oh, update your covers. Oh, update your previews. Oh, update your product description. They're sick and tired of hearing that. They're like, I've done all those things. I'm ready to go to the next level. Like how many times can I continue to do this? Right? So you started a course. Why? I did. Why why a course? (laughs) Well, back to that happy hour. Um, A lot of things happen at happy hour with with us. With us. It does. (laughs) Yeah, I I really did. I came back from happy hour. I saw an email come in. I'm like, you know what? Why not? And at the time, I remember this is a lot of money. Um, I've never invested. You know, it was a couple thousand dollars. I think at the time, this was maybe 2016 or 17. Had no idea what I was getting into, but I just thought, you know what? I have a lot to share. How can I monetize this? Um, and I think it helped going to dinner with someone who was in his 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 course early on to really inspire me to see what's possible. But I realized I didn't love presenting PD nationally, like in person. It was there was just a lot to it. it. It was a lot of prep. It just wasn't my thing. And I said, how else can I get my information out there? And I really just looked back at like different blog posts that went viral, I guess you could say. And the same questions I kept getting asked over and over that I just assumed everyone already was doing in their classrooms. And from there, I said, you know, what? I could I could turn this into something. And I just followed um, you know, the, the course that I purchased kind of went through that and just created it as I went. I had no idea what I was doing. Didn't have really a vision. Let's try this thing out. Yeah. Well, you and I met at BBD Live. I mean, I knew who you were just we did. from the, 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 the TBT uh-huh. space, but we met at BBD Live. And I think both of us can, can say that that 100% changed our outlook on a lot of things and what was possible. But I like what you said about you didn't like doing PD on the national stage and Uh all the prep that goes in. Cause we see a lot of people going into that space, creating these big, huge over the top conferences for teachers and people wishing that they could get on that bandwagon and they could present. And if you've never presented before, you don't realize how much work goes into um, presenting to a room full. And I can tell you that same, same, it's very Uh different than jumping on or recording yourself doing a doing a training or even doing a live training where you're on video. It's just very different. It's I think it's a lot more intimate and a course is it allows you to do professional development without the travel. <laughs> I mean, it lets me real the travel is a lot. Yeah, it's a lot easier that way, but it's also you get to really support those people who actually want to be there. And so it's just, it's really, really powerful. And I always go back to with like anyone on my team or anyone, you get to create the life that you want. And so if you don't want to be traveling, you don't want to be doing all these things, create it the way that you want to create it. And so that's kind of, I didn't think about that going into it, but as it's evolved, that's the the beautiful part of it. Absolutely. Well, and you probably will have the same feeling I do on this. I, I, I'm, 
guessing when you are presenting a PD and like you said, you don't know how many of those people are forced to be there or, mm-hmm. or want to be there, but you also don't get to have personal relationships with them. Whereas exactly. when they come and take a course from you and they are asking you questions and like over the course of a longer period of time, not just for that two hour PD in person, you're building relationships with them. Mm-hmm. And I think it's a lot, a, a, a lot more What's the word I'm looking for? Uh, intimate. I, I, maybe yeah. intimate's not the right word, but it is intimate. No, but you have more of those those touch points. And that's what I used to say when I would compare the difference with TPT versus having a course is you don't you don't know how people are using those resources. But when you have a course, you really get to like talk to them and connect with them and check in with them. And I think in as a teacher, you know, when I was in the classroom, you don't have people checking in on you or seeing how things are going. And, and that's a big piece that's missing. And so it really helps, um, you know, teachers feel less lonely having that community. Yeah. And so for my listeners, for all of you uh, TBS insiders out there, make sure you listen to what she just said. There, She's checking in on these people. You have somebody that's checking in. So if you are thinking about putting a course up and you think, I'm going to create this course, I'm going to sell it, they're going to buy it, that's all I got to do. Then you just have another commodity, right? And and really the, the, the power in a course is that relationship. And that's also one of the big important things with the net, what you transitioned this course into, which was you transitioned this into uh-huh. a membership. So why did you did. decide <laughs> to go into a membership? Because many of my clients and in our Facebook group have asked me, you know, ooh, a membership. Yes, I'm interested in a membership. Sign me up. But they are really just thinking about putting all their products behind a paywall and I argue that's more, that's just a subscription service like Netflix. Um, it's not really a membership. So why did you decide to go from a course to a membership? And what do you think are the biggest differences between, you know, just that subscription paywall versus a true membership? Yeah, that's a good that's question. A I think question. <laughs> there's a lot. Um, well, let me go back to like why I transitioned. We've had a very successful course since 2018. Um, you know, when you look at the numbers and what everyone says, you know, should look like we, we were doing all of that and it was going really well. But after working with the business coach the last couple of years and just kind of thinking about the direction that I want to take this, I realized that a lot of what we were doing within our course, we we were, I don't want to say over-serving because I think over-serving is great, but a lot of our deliverables and the things they were continuing to get access to was more following the, along the lines of a membership model because they'd pay this one-time you know, investment and then they'd get lifetime access to like a lot of things continuously. And so we made the decision to switch just by looking at numbers, trying something a little bit different and really looking at how this can be sustainable and profitable in the long run. And so we, we made that switch. Well, I I love that because it it was a bottom line decision, right? It it really was. It was like, wait a minute, I have this course, and they're basically paying one time access, and they're they go through the course, but they're getting access to all the materials and all. I, I'm assuming a lot of these materials you have available as one off purchases, one off digital download purchases that you can get some, and, and then there's stuff that's unique to the course that isn't available. Because I do always there's that, but that. A, yeah, a but, lot of it though too was we'd offer you know monthly coaching yeah. or different trainings that 
you know, over time, that was great, you know, in the first year. But then as I looked at like year over year, how much more value we were adding to it, it didn't make sense from a business standpoint. And there comes a point where you've maxed out your audience's capacity to pay for something. I do think that we, we do need to pay attention to, now this is by no means me saying, well, teachers won't pay $300 for a court. That's not what I'm saying because yes, they will. Um, and they did. Ours, they our did. highest yes. price point was higher than that. Yeah. Yeah. What I'm saying is there comes a point where you have to look at your lifetime customer value Yep. and they pay this $300, but you give them five years. They, they're continuing to access this stuff for five years. It's like the value of that customer is actually compared to the time and the effort that you put into this is actually you know, negli- I mean, it, it, it d- d- diminishes it and you're putting a lot of, and you're having to pay a team yeah. to go in and do stuff. So sorry. You're leaving a lot on the table. Yeah, absolutely. You're leaving a lot on the table. When you think about a membership versus, because I'm assuming your membership, they there's a monthly recurring member fee that they pay, or they could pay a yearly fee. This is something yeah. that a lot of a lot of teacher business owners get caught up in and even teachers as they think, well, I've paid for this for a year. Do I not just have access to it? No, it's a membership and being very clear to your people when they sign up that it's very like Netflix or a gym membership. You mm-hmm. only have access to the stuff while you're paying for the membership. Yeah. Now, we can't reach into their computers and take it off their computers, but the, the, the access to the actual portal, member por- portal. But what would you say is a true difference between the subscription service and a membership? There may be different thought beliefs around it. I think looking at what the end goal is, and so this might just be because of the space that I'm in and the people I've been working with, but the community piece of it, I think is the really big part of a membership. And it's why a lot of people want to stay is okay, maybe the resources are great or the trainings are this or that, but having that support. And for us, we're really big. One of our pillars is the accountability piece. And so having those people who are going to check in on you and just follow follow up, I think is, is the huge part. That's why I've stayed in a lot of, you know, masterminds or different coaching programs or things like that. Like, yeah, the the values there as far as, you know, what I'm learning and getting out of it, but it's those connections that you make with with people is why I want to stay. Yeah, I tell I tell the the clients I have that have memberships, I tell them all the time, I'm like, people will join for your that they'll they'll join for your stuff. I was like, but they're mm-hmm. gonna stay because they've built a relationship in the community with you and the other people that are there and the support network. And so I think it's very, very important for you to build that community. And it's so interesting because people often think, oh my gosh, that's a lot of work. I know in our membership, my, my membership is actually very little work because my, but, but I've got people who've been in there for all five years. A lot of people, a lot of them have been there for five years. And the, what goes on as far as the community's concerns, I check in with them. I, I don't, I don't bombard them, but they also know that the minute that they show up with a problem, I'm there. Like I mm-hmm. am there. I will drop everything for you. And so, but because we built the, those, those relationships and I guarantee after five years, they've probably already accessed everything that's in the membership and downloaded it, but it, they stay because of that community. Absolutely. Now I harp to my clients and listeners all the time about how important it is to learn 
from those who have actually traveled the path that you want to explore and have done the thing that you want to achieve. And that's primarily because they can learn from those mistakes. And maybe even if they weren't mistakes, you just, you're going to learn things along the way and things that you think back and I would do differently Uh if if I went back. So let's dive into some things that you wish you had known before setting up a membership? Oh my goodness. There's a lot because there's still a lot of days. We're still new into this. It's only been six months since we've transitioned. So there's still a lot of times where I'm questioning. I don't even want to say questioning, but like, did I make the right choice? Even though I know that I did and this will pay off in the long run, there's just a lot I didn't know. And I really thought it would be as simple as just, just literally taking our stuff and turning it into a membership, like just because that's what I was told. And I sometimes don't think things through as much. I just hear a great idea and I'm like, oh, okay, it's that easy. We can do it. And it has not been. And so I really wish looking back, there's five things I wish. (laughs) The big one is just to think about what do we have capacity for as myself and our team to actually make this possible because there's so much more to having a successful membership versus having a successful program. And that I don't think I was totally clear on, even though I've been in this space for years, I I kind of went into it a little naive. Hey, that's a hard thing to admit sometimes. I, same, same. I jumped on the membership bandwagon. You know, I, I when we met back at BBD, and I was like, I, I, okay, I had already created a course when I went through DCA with Amy Porterfield and I had the course and then we went BBD. I was like, I'm, I'm creating membership and I'm going to do the, the football phone and I'm going to take my course and I'm going to use it in my membership. And I was very naive as to what mm-hmm. was entailed because again, I was like, here it is. Pay me monthly to have access to all this material. And what I really built in the beginning was a subscription. I, I didn't build a membership. And it's been over the last couple of years yeah. that I really had to shift and be like, wow, yeah, I didn't really have a, a membership in the beginning um, because you think it's so easy, but it's not. It's not easy. Well, it's and not so- as simple as just turning that in into that because people who join a membership have different expectations. And when they know that they're investing in something monthly, and I don't mean a payment plan, but like a recurring, you know, investment. Yeah. If they're not seeing the results, they're not logging in. There's so much more that goes into that. And I wish I listened. Uh, my friend Brittany from Mix and Math, I remember as we were talking about me switching over to this model, um, she had mentioned she'd mentioned that with every decision or choice that you make comes a new set of, you know, quote, problems that are going to arise. And I don't think I anticipated the amount of, instead of problems, we'll call them roadblocks that come up with a membership. Yeah. And so that, that was new for us. And because I'm determined and I, I'm not going to fail, I'm, I'm going to learn from it. I had to really show up for my team because I know this was a new experience for them dealing with, you know, failed payments and cancellations and onboarding and all of this stuff. And it's really easy when you see, you know, those things coming in, like to think this is failing or this isn't working, or this is so much work, what's wrong. And so I really had to get clear on who I was being as a leader for them to say, Hey, nothing is wrong. 
we're just problem solving. We're, we're problem solving a crap ton more than we were before. And we're going to figure it out. And so it's going to be okay. And I think when I offered them that thought, we were able to look at it differently instead of like every week, we're not hitting this KPI. Well, let's focus on that and, and really like dial that in. Yeah. For those that um, are not in a place yet to where you know what a KPI is, that is your key performance indicators. And those are the metrics that you uh, track for you, you have KPIs for, for everything, right? Um, but you're tracking those to know whether or not you are actually making progress to your goals. Now, it's so funny that you said that because yeah, with, with a course, you know, they buy it mm-hmm. and good, you've got it. If they let it sit on their computer and they do nothing with it, your hands are washed. They bought it that you, they bought your course that you've already gotten it. But when they're paying a monthly fee, mm-hmm. the dreaded email <laughs> from a member that says, what am I paying for here? That's when, you know, I mean, if, if you run a membership and you've never gotten that email, then kudos to you because you must just be the unicorn in the universe because we've all gotten that that email of what am I paying for for this membership? That is the question that really makes you sit back and go, whoa, what am I not doing to really convey to my members that there's the value in what they're they're paying for monthly because they're going to want to know when they see that charge come out every month, they're going to want to know that. Um, uh-huh. What's something else? What's something else that you wish you'd know? Well, that that's kind of leads into the second thing is I don't think I anticipated how much we would be working on improving things. It's really like this weekly opportunity to try to improve your membership using, you know, data and so much feedback and looking at things as growth opportunities rather than like, oh my gosh, something is wrong. And so it really is great if you're competitive (laughs) or a problem solver. I'm like, okay, this isn't working here. Let's really look at that. And I wish looking back, I was in a better space personally with the things that I'm going to have going on. Um, I wish I just had more capacity to really focus in on that. And at the time it felt really shocking and surprising of like, oh, this is so different than a course where really you put it out there. You can send your weekly emails. Um, but I'm not really responsible for them to be successful or to log in. And so with this, it was really in your face because when you're getting those cancellation requests um, or emails or things like that, it's, and, and at a high volume, I don't mean high volume of requests, but you know, when you have a good chunk of people in it, it's, it is continuous. And that's, I, I don't think I knew that going into it. Yeah, and in the it, beginning, it, it was very scary. Yeah, and if you're gonna if you're gonna have a membership, it, you need to go ahead and accept the fact that people are gonna cancel. I mean, think about how many. Yeah. Just last night, I canceled four streaming services, <laughs> and I will probably uh-huh. rejoin those at some point. But I canceled them because it was like I haven't watched these streaming services because there's a series I watch on them, and it's like. Well, it's the end of the season. I don't need them for that because I only watch those series, right? So I'm going to cancel them. That is just normal. And if you Mm -hmm. don't have your mindset right to deal with that kind of stuff, the other thing I see 
is people starting a membership because they, they're doing really well and they start a membership and their loyal fan base jumps on it, right? So right out of the gate, they have like this successful launch. They get, you know, they come in and they're like, I just want to get a hundred members in my membership. And they end up with a thousand and then they have to launch again and their super fans yeah. have already joined. And so then the next launch they do or the next open enrollment or whatever, maybe they only get 200 or maybe they only get 150, which granted, that's nothing to balk at. But what I'm saying is, is their initial out of the gate, it's like, mm -hmm. oh my gosh. And then they, th th that next time it's not that because their super fans have already joined. Yeah. Your, your ripest fruit have already. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I tell people all the time, I'm like, you have to know your, your mindset has to be very different as a business owner than what it was just selling your digital resources on TPT or Etsy or made by teachers or whatever. Those are the, the ones that come to mind that people are always talking mm -hmm. about. Um, you have to have a very different mindset. And I think about the times that as a, as a, you know, just selling on TBT that I would let feedback affect me mentally. Like I would be like, oh my gosh, I'm horrible. What am I thinking? I can't do this because somebody gave me a four star instead of five stars. And I can tell you right now that if that, if you are still letting feedback affect you that way. We need to do some mindset work before you jump into doing a membership or or all of that because there are some mindset things you need to have straight because of the things massive. And I'm glad you say that because I didn't even bring up any of the mindset because I feel like I've done a lot of that work years ago, so it, that doesn't cross my mind. But that's so true because it used to, and I would make it both you know, mean something about me, and you would take it personal and like what's wrong, you know, you'd go down the whole thing. Um, yeah, the mindset's a big piece before jumping into any, any, anything. Anything. You got to have your mindset right. Okay, so next on the list. You made a list. I love this I list. I did because I this is something that's been, notes. Is something that's been on my mind. Just, you know, you're constantly reflecting. There's a lot of moving pieces within a membership that get to be dialed in and figured out. And it's just a constant game. And this I didn't know going into it, switching from a, a course model, but a constant, you know, you're constantly improving SOPs. And, you know, those are like the way you're, you guys operate with every little thing and with a membership because there's so many pieces, there's a lot more SOPs. And that was a big aha for us when I kind of jumped back into some different roles as I let some team members go is our SOPs kind of suck. And it needed to be much more clear and like that anyone could follow that SOP if something went wrong. And so we spent the last couple of months really, really like focusing in on those SOPs because there's, there's a lot you get to improve, you know, deliverability, like people actually accessing your things, onboarding, like ensuring that they're going through your onboarding process and they're successful. And that was a big one that you didn't really have to do with a course. Like you may have your email sequence set up, some weekly challenges for like the first nine weeks. That's what we did. And, you know, had these wins for them. But if they're paying that one-time fee, they're good to be like, eh, I'll log in, you know, in a couple months or when I have more time. 
But when you have something like a membership and they see that charge coming on their credit card bill every month, and if they're not using it, they're, they're going to cancel. And so it really, for us, was looking at those three areas for us, like the onboarding, um, failed payment process, and like the cancellation process and really dialing those in because otherwise you end up with like this leaky bucket and we had a very leaky bucket and we're still, I mean, it's constant improving, but if you just keep not fixing those things and then you're like hustling to get people back into the membership, if you don't fix that thing, you're just going to have that same problem. Yeah. You're just constantly going to be, I mean, there, there is the, now I don't know. I have to ask, yeah. is your membership a limited enrollment period, like open enrollment time period? And it's not something that's just open year round? For now, yes. Okay. And that's something to remember too. A lot of people say, oh, I just want to have this and I just want to have the monthly recurring revenue. Um, I always caution people that doing, first of all, that means you got to be on this all, like 100%, 24-7 almost so that you can really dial in this stuff. Whereas if you started off with having that limited enrollment period and then you can, I have, I have a client right now who at the end of the year, we had only had a couple coaching calls and she just, all of a sudden she was like, I want a membership. And so I was like, okay, we're shifted. And so we are full blown in building her membership. One of the things that we talked about was doing like that beta round to be able to get mm-hmm. some people in there so that they can help her really dial in a lot of the things that you just talked about is yeah. having those people that come in and help you kind of work out some kinks. It's not going to work out all of them. You're not, because those beta, again, those are probably going to be your super fans, right? That won't tell you there. anything is yeah, not that, working. That be like, uh-huh. oh my gosh, it's awesome. It's wonderful. Um, and those are the ones that will never cancel. Um, but uh, so, but then when you do that first round, And you do start getting those cancellations, realizing that that is a natural, normal part of a membership. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people think they need to focus on the deliverables. And but you need to focus on how the deliverables are reducing your churn, not just give, 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 give. I'm just giving them all this stuff because you don't want to overwhelm them with stuff. You want to make sure that the deliverables you're giving them are actually helping reduce your churn. And for those of you that don't know what churn is, that is the number of members you lose every single month over the previous months. Mm-hmm. And when you are doing that limited enrollment period, you got to, again, this goes back to mindset, but you got to remember you're going to have churn and a healthy churn is what about 5% is kind of, that's our metric is we want a 95% retention from month to month. And you know, our churn is between three and four, which is great and wonderful. Um, but we still lose three to 4% every month. And we don't have new members coming in every month because we only do that limited yeah. enrollment. And so you mm-hmm. have to understand that when you come out of the gate, here's what your monthly recurring revenue is, but you got to start figuring. And if you start seeing that, that churn or you're losing more than 5% of your members from month to month, you really have something wrong in your retention process or in the deliverability, in the onboarding, are you making sure they're actually logging in and using it? Because that success path, and we didn't get into all the details of a membership, but the success path of your members is so much more important in a membership versus a course. And yeah, because you didn't need, I mean, you really didn't. It goes back to, like I said, with the course, you're not responsible 
for their success. And you're not with the membership either. It goes back to then, yes. But with a membership, you are responsible to ensure somehow that they're easily able to access the things so that they can have those wins and so that they can have success. And if they're not even logging in, there's, there's, um, I don't want to say problem. There is a roadblock. There's a barrier. There's something happening that you've got to dial in and, and sort out. And that's why I said, there's just, there's a lot of moving pieces and a lot of variables. And what we're finding is we're newer in this model is that's the big piece is, is I was on a coaching call last week with my coach going through it and we're like, oh my gosh, this is really overwhelming how we have it set up. Cause we went from a course where I was presenting like an hour PD and in a membership, they want to just log in and have a quick win. They don't want to watch something for an hour or even she's like 15 minutes. That's too long. And I'm like, oh my gosh, do we have to redo everything? But you really just want it to be easy and a place for them to to go to to easily log in. And if it feels too heavy for them, there's a lot of work you you get to do. Well, there's a reason that TikTok is so popular. It's because they can go get it in that <laughs> one minute, three minute, ten minute bit. I mean, the ten minute videos, even the ten minute videos, I'm like, oh my gosh, get to the point, right? But it is they want to watch. If they're going to watch something, they want it to be quick and give them a win, and Otherwise, they just, I don't know about you, but I prefer to be able to read. <laughs> like, Well, that's, that's what I wish I knew because like I said, I really thought it was just moving it over. And now as we're, we're really analyzing it and looking at things, we're going to be refilming. We're going to make things a lot shorter and we're going to make it where it's not always a video, where there is not even just a PDF. I'm, I'm in a course or a membership. I don't know what I am. I'm in one of them, but essentially when you log in, it's through Kajabi. So it just has like the text mm -hmm. right there. So you can just quickly read. So, cause we had everything in transcripts, but then you still would have to click on the transcript and open up that PDF. So it's, it's almost it's like a blog so, post. Yeah. It's just so, it's just a different, different way of thinking and like laying things out. And so I'm up for the challenge. And so is the team. They don't know we're actually taking on this new challenge, but they've been up for other challenges, but to really make it just a lot easier. And that's, that's kind of like my fourth thing I wish I knew is right now it feels like a lot more work than a course because it feels like we're starting over again. I really thought it was just going to be like, just turning it into that. And it really is like rebuilding it, which is also really exciting. But I feel like a baby business owner again yeah. of, of you don't know what you don't know. And, um, and I think if I, I didn't do some of the mindset work and things like that, you mentioned, I'd have all the imposter syndrome and like, this isn't going to work and, and all that. But I look at it as a challenge and everything's figure outable as I always tell my daughter, and we're going to figure this out. And it's kind of nice to to be going a different direction. My business isn't here to entertain me at all, but it's just nice to kind of, to try something new. And oh, so- Wait a minute, I need that, you to say that louder for the people in the back. Your business isn't is here not, to entertain you. Yeah, get a hobby. Get a <laughs> yeah. hobby, because uh -huh. your business is not your hobby. Wow, that's mm -mm. powerful. That needs to go on quite a few, like I know personally and my own, I'm going to make that a wall, wall art. <laughs> I've told you this to you with some of the things that you do. Yeah. yeah this is not a hobby. Now you, you 
the, you said that the the membership feel it feels like a lot more work than a course. I think you're a perfect person to say that because you've done the course, you built the course, you mm -hmm. had a successful course, but now you're building a membership and it wasn't just a seamless transition and you didn't, and Not I don't want to get into the details of your, your, your model and the way you have things set up, but to my knowledge, you didn't really do it as a football phone. And that's a term from a, from a business by design by James Wedmore's program that we went through you didn't really like sell the course and then oh by the way you get the course for free if you come do this you literally were transforming the course into a membership model and so we, yeah you're building it from scratch yeah so we, you're, you're able to see the complete differences between the two well we're building it from scratch now but when we launched over the summer we launched the same way did a lot of things the same way but this was the offer we presented rather than a course yeah and I, I, I still go back. I just really thought it's like, no, we'll, we'll put a lot of the same stuff we have. We'll have some different deliverables and things that are a little bit different. But the, the type of people who are going through this type of model are different than people who are like, I have lifetime access. I feel no pressure to log in at any time to get my money's worth, essentially, because they're like, I can do it whenever. When I, got, when and I so, feel. And there's some, and there yeah. is, there are a lot of people that I talk to and people that I coach that say, that, well, as teachers, that's what they want. That's what sells is they want to know when they buy something, they're going to have access to it. So it's kind of always there as a safety net. But what we, we really want to get them results. And well, yeah, what's your end game as a business owner? Do you really do you want? Yeah, that that's what I, I've asked myself a lot over the last few months, because I see both sides of it. Yeah. But I'm looking at what impact do I want to have right now? If I really want to make this big change in education and really allow teachers to be the best teachers they can be without sacrificing all of their time, it's not going to be something that they can just log in over the summer, hope it works, and then fall back into like their old way of being. I want them to be reminded of it every week as they're working with us. And so that was a big like mindset shift that I didn't anticipate yeah. at all going into this. Absolutely. Now, the elephant in the room, because this by, by far is the most common question I get asked when it comes to membership. Aren't yeah. you afraid they're just gonna pay your 15, <laughs> 17, 20, $25 a month or whatever? And they're going to pay it for one month, go in and download everything and leave. Doesn't cross my thoughts? brain. Doesn't, not even a thought. It was years ago when I had, you know, a lack mindset. And I don't say that in a judgmental way. I say in a way of being in the TBT space for so long, you, you think of those things. No. One, yeah, maybe they are. And they're not the people that I'm going to get to help because if they have that mindset, fine. Two, I look at what that would entail of them having to do that anyways. <laughs> and I just I laugh. <laughs> no. And so what? I mean, okay. So think about like, we've done that when we've joined some uh -huh. memberships and things I've had team members say, Hey, go download all these things. And, and you know, it, it, it's, it's not even a, it's not even a thought. I love that you said that you were like, we've done that whenever we've joined things, because that's my go-to. When somebody asks me that question, I'm like, you have that question because it's just like, 
the, the the hot coffee warning on the McDonald's cup. The only reason there are warnings like that on products is because there was something that happened. So you have that thought because you've done it. And let me ask you a question. When you did that, did you actually get the results? Did you actually get the the big wins? Because you probably didn't. You probably no, just got the stuff. Because we have it all sitting. We all have it sitting in a Google Drive. I think some team members probably refer back to to some of it. Um, but no, if we if we make our decisions, our business decisions based on like what could happen yeah. or from a place of lack rather than abundance, you're gonna create not great stuff. It's yeah. it's yeah, it's it's but I, I get I also want to validate I get why people would, would think that because I had that concern starting out. Yeah. But then if you just like nothing matters, so, so what? So what so if what? they do? So what? So what, like three three people out of right. thousands? Who cares? Exactly. exactly. Focus, focus your energy on keeping the, the other people wanting to continue. 100%. And those people who did that were probably not going to buy the things that you're, they're not, you're selling. No, you. they're the ones anyway. who are wanting the, the freebies or the, you know, it's... They're not your people. No. Put your so energy you can't, in you other can't. places. And, and yeah. if you continue to think that way, it's also going to prevent you from showing up for those that are there really wanting that transformation. So, Well, that's what I mean, but, but you're going to end up putting out crap because you're not going to be showing up as the highest level of yourself and really getting to serve those people when you're worried about things that don't matter. Absolutely. Absolutely. Oh my gosh, Kristen, this has been so fun. So uh, the listeners here at TBS have been used to just me talking so those are usually shorter episodes. So, so guys, it's a nice I, break, huh? <laughs> yeah. So when I do these interviews like this, um, I'm not going to be mean and do a, do them in two parts just to keep them at a certain time frame on the on the podcast. So this is a little bit longer episode. You've just shared so much gold, so much goodness, so many little you know nuggets of like yes, and had me shaking my. I know you guys can't see the video of this, but just me in the background shaking my head so hard, so much. So I really appreciate you being willing to come share beyond numbers because the numbers are, I mean, the numbers are going to be what they are, right? And, but this is the important stuff that if you're looking for that, that result or that goal, this is the stuff you really need to focus on because it is a long game and it's not a get rich quick scheme by any no it's it's effort it's time and that's what i i I have it's it's a long game this is not just putting something up and like cash in hand it's very very different um when you're comparing cash in hand versus a course through like a membership it's yeah 100 percent. now i do have to ask this this is a shameless shameless uh plug would you have done all of this or what what are your thoughts around doing this all on your own with nobody to help guide you through this? <laughs> no, absolutely not. Um, no, because we get so stuck in like our limiting beliefs and we convince ourselves why things aren't possible. And so I never would have done most of the things I'm doing now. And what's so interesting, I shared this in our mastermind, is because of working with different coaches and being in different spaces i've totally evolved as a human like i said i'm not a jerk anymore um but i'm able to never a jerk to me (laughs) i'm able to show up as a completely different human being in my life and 
I've shared personally and going through some really massive, horrific things. Mm -hmm. And because of the coaching and mindset work and who I've gotten to, to, to be as a, a human being and a person has really helped me in this phase of my life. So no, you, you've got to, you've got to be around people who are playing big, who are doing what you want, who are going to call you out, who, who aren't there to just, who not even just there, who aren't there to complain, but who are there to like look for solutions and touch, move and inspire you. And you yeah. can't do that in Facebook groups and, you know, and, and the, the same old stuff that you've been doing. I love that. Listen, I have weekly discussions with my husband about joking about, you know, going back to the classroom. And he looks at me like, why in the world would you want to do that? And I'm like, because I think I would be such a different teacher now. I was thinking about that all the time. I would. I have such mm -hmm. a different mindset than I did even as a teacher. I would be such a different teacher. One, I know my value and I know my worth mm -hmm. way more mm -hmm. than I did as a teacher, right? But my mindset is just, it's just to totally different. I would just be such a different teacher. But anyway, well, thank you so much for joining me. Um, Thanks for having me. This has been fun. And if people are interested, they want to connect with you, where can they find you? Yeah. Um, best place when I happen to be there over on Instagram at Easy Teaching Tools. And we have our website, easyteachingtools.com, if you ever want to just kind of see what, you know, some of the business things look like. Awesome. Um, yeah. Awesome. Thanks, Farah. I'm just still sitting here in awe of everything that she shared and like I said, I know y'all couldn't see me sitting over there just banging my head up and up and down. <laughs> I'm shaking my head yes in the background. Now, if you would like to learn more about diversifying your business, make sure you go check out last week's episode so that it talks all about just diversifying in general. And don't forget to tune in next week when I'm going to be interviewing another teacher business owner who added a physical product to his business because I know a lot of people think about that and what goes into that. And just like today, he's going to be sharing some of the things that you need to consider before going that route with diversifying your business. If you haven't done so already, please jump over and give the podcast a five-star review and leave us an actual review. That would be great. Giving us the five stars, yes, we will take those day in and day out, but we want to hear from you. So if you will leave us a review. We would love that even more. And if you have an idea for a podcast that you would love for us to cover here at TBS, then be sure you jump over to teacherbusinesssociety.com forward slash podcast, scroll all the way to the bottom and fill out the form down at the bottom of the page. Also, you heard Kristen say she would not have ever dreamed about doing this on her own without somebody to guide her. So if you are interested in creating a course, creating a membership, diversifying with another process, and you would love some help, guidance, and coaching all along the way, be sure you jump over to teacherbusinesssociety.com and go to our offerings, fill out the form, click the little button and you'll for our programs, and you'll be able to fill out a form for a free consultation with me. And during that consultation, you can pretty much ask me anything. Sure, uh, we're going to jump on that consultation and I'm going to share with you about how coaching works and the different options that we have if you are interested in coaching. But you can also just jump on there and ask me a question. So sign up for your free consultation. 
And I can't wait to chat with you guys. Until next time, remember, dream big, keep going after those scary goals, and there's never failure, only results or lessons. Thank you for tuning in to another empowering episode of the Teacher Business Society podcast. We drop new episodes every week filled with tips, strategies, and inspirational stories to help you elevate your teacher business. Make sure you're subscribed to the podcast so you don't miss a single episode. Now, if this podcast resonated with you, I have a small favor to ask. Go ahead and share it on your social media and don't forget to tag us at Teacher Business Society. Your shares help us reach more educational rock stars like you who dream of building and growing their own businesses. And while you're at it, please consider leaving us a five-star review. Those reviews not only make my day, but they help boost the podcast so that other aspiring entrepreneurs can find this valuable content. Stay connected with us over here at TBS and get tips, strategies, and useful tools to help you and your business by subscribing to the Society Brief. Find out more information at teacherbusinesssociety.com. The link will also be in the show notes. Never forget, you've got the power to make your dreams come true. So keep dreaming big, go for the scary goals, and until next time, keep being an educational rock star.